This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Y'all, whether your kids are in homeschool, remote school, returning to a classroom, or a hybrid, there's something universal for all of us. Back to school means back to endless snacking. Oh my gosh, that is the truth. I mean, listen, we know that kids snack constantly all year round, but back to school season has a shifting from easy summer fruits and popsicles to packable snacks that work grab and go, whether the kids are grabbing and going from the kitchen to their workspace, from the kitchen to the backyard, or maybe they're going back to their school building. Also, despite this being the strangest back to school season ever, we love that back to school always gives us an opportunity for a reset including finding new snack options. I love new snacks. And our latest favorite find is Bada Bean Bada Boom, a super crunchy vegan gluten and soy-free snack made of roasted broad beans. It comes in 13 delicious flavors, including buffalo wing, everything bagel, nacho cheese, my personal favorite, sweet cinnamon, and Megan's favorite, zesty ranch. Honestly, my kids cannot believe that these tasty snacks are made of beans. And I can't believe that a snack this delicious has 7 grams of protein and 5 grams of fiber per serving. All with a crunch that rivals potato chips. Seriously, listen for yourselves. Bada Bean Bada Boom is perfect packed in a lunchbox for kids or stashed in your home office snack drawer or gym bag. Or really, anywhere else you might need to grab a delicious high-protein snack. Go to badabeansnacks.com backslash didn't I just feed you to get 25% off your order. That's B-A-D-A-B-E-A-N-S-N-A-C-K-S dot com slash didn't I just feed you for 25% off at checkout. Healthy snacking has never been simpler. really trying to see this from their point of view and there has been so much loss so much isolation so much like time being away from their friends and the things that they love that like I get it I have now experienced major fatigue in all areas of my life and I know the feeling of being like I can't I can't even put a quesadilla together welcome to didn't I just feed you a podcast about feeding kids 
Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. This week's episode is all about dun, 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 back to school. <laughs> Crickets. I know. Crickets. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening. And if you find yourself with an extra minute, leave us a rate and review. We love those. And right now, during this back to school season, we're working moms just like you. We need anything to uplift us. (laughs) (laughs) And your reviews make us so, so happy. So we would love that. They hear, um, hear. They really do. Okay, we should talk about this uh, phrase, back yeah. to school. I noticed that Cool Mom Picks is using this framing of back to schooling. So even if you're not... I like, love that. Right? Even Yay. if you're not going in person, you're probably doing some kind of online schooling. Maybe you're considering homeschooling. Maybe you're unschooling. Whatever you're doing, you are back to schooling. And that usually means back to school lunches. So I think we're going to check in and then hopefully have some advice about for each other about what the heck to do with our new school, I don't know, routine, what do we want to call it? I mean, shout out to Liz and Kristen. They are always so good about finding ways to articulate what parents are going through in a mm-hmm. way that's very inclusive and fluid and non-judgmental. They have a great episode of Spawned, their podcast, where they talk about this. So we encourage you to listen. That's just a shout out to our friends. Yeah. So I don't know. Should we start by talking about what's on deck for each of us? I love it. I'll go first if you if you care. Okay. As a I reminder. Care if you care. <laughs> What if I, I was like, know. no, Megan, I really don't care. So actually, can I just talk right now? <laughs> That'd be weird. I would be like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> You're so uh, weird. <laughs> it wouldn't be the weirdest thing you've ever said or done. So That's probably true, but I do care very, very much. I know you Except do. our listeners. I meant more like not that you care what's going on with school, but like who goes first. And I don't think you really oh, do. Oh, I get it. Um, <laughs> So I think it's helpful if you're a new listener or you've jumped in, like, you know, you jumped in the middle of the season to know that I have a eight-year-old who will is going into third grade and I have a five-year-old who is going into kindergarten. And our school district is starting everyone online, but there is an option because they'll like reevaluate online versus in-person school in October and then like again in December, et cetera. So there's like a possibility that they could truly be in person this year. They're, say- they're saying there's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know if I think that's true or not. But so you can choose to be online with your home school, like the school that you're enrolled at, or you can choose the general online option, which is run through the district and is again grouped by like class age and might not be the same students that you would be at your homeschool, but it's consistently online. Wait, can I ask for, I have a clarifying question. Yeah, go ahead. By your homeschool, you mean the school that your kids would be attending if everything was normal? Yes. Like your local, Local your brick and mortar school. Yeah. Well, Boise is interesting because We have open enrollment, like we have school choice. So you can actually enroll in any school Ah, in the district. Got it. Which is a whole other, in my opinion, f***ed up thing. (laughs) But we have chosen the school that we're zoned for. 
because it's a really diverse school and it's walking distance to our house. There's just so many, like we love, love, love our school. We're very involved in volunteering. I'm on the PTA. So any choice we make that involves us like not being at our in real life school feels really painful and sort of sad, but we're heavily considering doing some form of homeschooling rather than choosing the online option. And part of that is because my husband is a freelancer and his work is like never consistent. So how could we plan, like, how would we work in being online every day for four hours when he might like have a three-day shoe and I still have to like work my full-time job? And then the other thing being like, my kindergartner is not my studious kid. He is not going to sit in front of a computer for four hours, especially with people that he doesn't know. And I say four hours because that's what our district is like telling everyone, like be prepared that online learning is probably going to be four hours a day online. And we don't know yet is like that Google Hangouts the whole time? Or is it like they're just expected to like check in over a hangout and then start their schoolwork and then check back out when they're done with whatever is assigned for that day? We have no idea what that would look like. And for us, the decision, like we're trying to make a decision that one provides like as much consistency for our kids as as we can choose in not knowing the great unknown of like what the rest of the school year holds and starting them online, but then maybe moving them to in school, but then maybe having to go back online feels like super inconsistent. And we also need flexibility. So that's why like the online option doesn't feel as doable for us. But I realize like everyone is making, trying to make these choices right now. And I feel like there's this whole community angle of choosing homeschool that like really sucks. Like then our school or in real life school that we love so much doesn't get our funding from the district if our kids are homeschooled. And that feels like a loss to them when we already have a school that's like a a Title I school and it's lots of low income families. And they, those families really rely on the school funding for everything that it provides. So we have to make a decision basically today. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, which I hear, Billis, that New York public schools are also being asked to make their decision today. And they're being offered an, a hybrid in-person and online option or an all online option, too. Will that impact how your school makes its decisions? Yes. So, okay, I have one more question for you before I start talking about me, which is that I'm curious about why your district or Boise is offering two remote programs, one that's tethered to your homeschool is what you're calling it, and one that just is run by the district. Like, why would someone opt for the district run remote program as opposed to the remote program run by the school they've been committed to and attached to? So I think that has to do with us being in a very like Republican state. And there are I'm, I'm generalizing here. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But like there are a lot of people who are like, no, we need to reopen the state. We need to have kids in school full time. And so I think the district feels a lot of pressure to offer an in-person option, though cases are on the rise in Boise, in Idaho in general. So it's this thing of like, originally, 
before even this week, like literally the school district had an emergency meeting this week, they were just offering, you could choose the in-person option or you could choose the online option. And now what they're saying is they're saying, okay, you can still choose the in-person option, but just know that everyone is going to start online because we feel like that's what's the safest. And hopefully like in October, we'll reevaluate and those people who signed up for in-person classes can go in person. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I mean, listen, none of it makes sense to me. I have no idea. Like I'm so turned inside out and upside down. Yes. And I just want to say something that we didn't say at the top, um, but I think most of our regular listeners know, like there's really no judgment here. We both have opinions about what we think is safe, but you know, I think the one thing that both you and I agree on, Megan, is that there hasn't been a whole lot of consistent, reliable, non-conflicting information coming in a steady stream from the government, from the top down, helping arm people and parents with a very clear, shared understanding of how to progress through this pandemic. And as a result, everybody's drawing their lines in a different place. And we're really not here to judge that. We're just kind of sharing what we're deciding based on how we're literally personally making sense of all of the things that we're reading and hearing and trying to piece together on our own. Yeah. And I think we should acknowledge, like, I have to acknowledge that my choice to to likely homeschool my kids is packed with a ton of privilege. I already work remotely. My husband has a flexible freelance job that makes that even an option for us, even despite the fact that that feels like an impossible option, like somehow on top of working a full-time job and keeping everyone afloat, I'm also going to help plan school curriculum. Sounds absolutely insane to me, but I realize there are like people out in the world who they would prefer to choose that option. And because of finances, maybe they're a single parent, like that's not even an option for them. It's so, 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 so hard. And any choice you choose with the best interests of your family in your particular situation in mind is the best choice. Like there isn't a right choice for any, like there isn't one clear right choice for everyone, right? Totally. Also, there's really big differences regionally happening with the just like the facts of COVID and um, how many people are being impacted, whether it's on the rise on the decline. So this is all to say that we are going to talk about food (laughs) and we're going to try our, yeah, and we're going to try our best to give solutions that span all the different um, possibilities that we're aware of. Joining us in the listeners group on Facebook is a really, really great place to share what's happening with you guys, especially if you find that our suggestions aren't helpful to you and you want to share your circumstance so that that's something that we can consider and think about solutions that we can share on the podcast. Yeah, because if it's going to help you and we haven't been helping you, that probably holds for a lot of our listeners. So we want that feedback. Yes. Okay. Let's go quickly through this so that we can get to the food talk. I live in New York City. <laughs> I My kids attend a private school. Yes. Our private school made it is not beholden to what New York City public schools do, although okay. there is a very tight relationship there. Um, I think all the private independent schools in New York City, or at least most of them, 
are very mindful of what's going on with public schools because the thing that's very different about New York City compared to a lot of other cities, like even Los Angeles, Chicago less so, but, you know, we have, everybody relies on public transportation in New York City. Yeah. Even if you have a car and that's a huge privilege to be able to afford it, park it, et cetera, you're still using public transportation frequently, you know, and school buses for sure. So we have to be mindful of what the public schools are doing. Also, a lot, a lot, a lot of families will have some kids in private school and some kids in public school because mm-hmm. it really depends on their age and their needs. So a lot of families are always trying to kind of coordinate between the two. Our school announced a couple of weeks ago that we were going to go back with a hybrid model that the emphasis was going to be on getting younger kids in as much as possible. The high schoolers were going to be remote a lot more. I have two kids in middle school. One is a rising fifth grader. And in our school, because of logistical real estate reasons, fifth grade is part of the middle school. And I have a rising eighth grader. So that it was going to be hybrid model. And then just earlier this week, before New York City announced what was going to happen with public schools, they actually rolled that back to something that was similar to what you shared, Megan, that's happening in Boise, where they announced, forget it, we're going all remote until mid-October, at which point we will reevaluate. But they are opening our campus and they hadn't explained the plan in full That's actually due today. But the idea was to open the campus to create even safer, even smaller pods than the hybrid model allowed for that would allow kids who needed to come into a building because of the parent's circumstance, kids who have learning challenges where in-person is absolutely essential, and also to offer some optional like community building opportunities. Yeah, socialization, which gosh, our kids need that. So badly. So that's where we stand, remote until mid-October. And then we'll have these opportunities in theory to get together in small groups. New okay. York City now just announced that they're going to allow public school to go back. So it's going to be interesting if this trickles down. I can't imagine that we're going to roll back from what has been stated, but it'll be interesting to see if other private independent schools align themselves with the all remote plan, which several have already committed to, or if they align themselves with the New York City public schools and say, let's go back to school. Hmm. I'm sorry if you said this already, But what, like, since you are at a private school, and I think this is a question like other private school families will have, is like, is pulling your kids out this year even an option for you? Like, do you you lose your spot if you choose to do that? Like, what does that look like? So this has been... This has been, like, the hardest part for us personally as a family clearly of privilege because we send our kids to a tuition school. My husband's an independent business owner. He doesn't have any investors. He doesn't have any parent company. So we just don't have a net. Like how his business does is completely tethered to how, um, where our family stands financially. It's very hard. I love our school. I'm also very committed to our school. There's some wonderful, wonderful things about our school, some really cutting edge things about our school. In my opinion, as a white parent, 
that I have been proud of. A lot we need to work on too, but I've been very involved with the school and believe in it as an independent school institution. But <laughs> paying a <laughs> lot of money. <laughs> well, paying a lot of money for remote school is really hard to stomach for us. Yeah. Because, you know, our financial situation, though very comfortable, can turn very quickly. Yeah. Like we don't have generational wealth. And like I said, we don't have the kind of net that makes it so that we feel like we can spend no matter what. I can't spend tuition and then say like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if you really use it. We'll just hold your spot and we'll just do whatever we need to do to make this work. Like whether that means getting a tutor or me sitting alongside my kids, not an option for us personally. Yeah. If I pay that tuition, like that's what we're committed to and it's got to work. I also personally believe, again, that my children are privileged. I have an education background. We have books, we travel, et cetera, et cetera. If my kids have a bad year, it's really not the end of the world. I'm really not that concerned about it. Right now, I just want mental health. I want there to be space for me and Mike to be able to do work. Mike is not opening his company, the office, the physical space. So we're both going to be working from home. I just need the net net to be positive for us. My younger one really, 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 really struggled with remote schooling. And it was very hard and it was very emotional for him. And I was less concerned about him, quote unquote, falling behind and more concerned with the crazy stress it put on him. Yeah. And that it it impacted his perception of who he was as a learner. Like he's at this very critical age and he just was starting to like not think of himself as a reader or a writer. And like that can be, I think, really harmful in the long term. So we considered like, should I homeschool? Is there another option? Like, what can we do? But we signed a contract. We signed a contract months ago. Yeah. <laughs> we were told also when we signed the contract that in order to pull out but keep our Place for next year, we had to pay 60% of our tuition. Well, Ouch, that's no. not, that's also not feasible <laughs> for us. You know, I've heard a lot of rumblings. Well, they're going to have to be looser with us. Well, I've worked in schools and I have to say, like, I see it from all sides. Like tuition actually doesn't cover the majority of the costs of most private independent yeah. schools. There needs to be a lot of fundraising and that's going to disappear this year. Like they're not going to be looser with us, nor do I think that they have an obligation to be completely frank. That's going to be unpopular opinion. I'm sure I'll hear about it. No, they have a first and foremost obligation to their staff. I feel 100%. And tuition really barely covers that. Yeah. Okay. So I am not a proponent of saying cut our tuition if you're not going to give us in person. Well, like what about... You also want those those optional socialization opportunities. Well, that means security, janitorial staff, admin staff all have to show up. Like paying those people, especially when they're putting they're putting themselves at risk, is really, really important. So I think it's really up to the families to decide what makes them sense for them financially. It's just tricky because you sign your contract so early. Yeah. 
In the end, we have decided that the way the school is handling themselves is making us feel fairly confident. I am prepared for it to be a subpar experience, especially for my 10-year-old. I am not going to pay tutors or do anything like that. Like we're paying the tuition and that's that. And if anything, I'm just going to have him go light and like request and work with teachers for accommodations if he needs them. Just to say like, this is too stressful. Our school day ends at three. Like this is too hard. Like this is what I feel Oliver could handle and just kind of work to make sure that school doesn't become a stress on him. Yes. Okay. So this is an excellent, I think, segue into talking about the food, because if we're going to have our kids home and we need to support them in their schooling, whether it's like online schooling or homeschooling, like food is the one thing we can control. Right. And we can plan for and like help either like give them a break in their day if school is like hard for Oliver or like pep them up for the day. What are you thinking right now? (laughs) I'm like, it seems like such a weird, it's like this week, everyone made the decision. So now tell us like, how are you going to handle food for back to school? And what is the back to school lunch going to look like for you? So I want to ask about that and I'll, I'll share um, what I'm thinking first, but I also want to remind anyone who is new to the podcast, like we have a whole series right at the beginning of the podcast. We started season one or the first year of Didn't I Just Feed You with three episodes about school lunches. We had Catherine McCord. We had Jenny Dorsey. We had Heather, who's a school teacher, talked to us like we covered school lunch from a million different angles. Okay, not a million, but like at least half a dozen. And so you should definitely (laughs) go back and listen to those episodes. I am personally, and I think we're going to explore this a little more as we get into September and October. I am going to be leaning really hard into meal prep and meal planning for my family this fall as we head back into school. Part of the reason for that is that I am going to have an office space outside of our house. I don't, I don't know what episode we've ever talked about this in, but it's very exciting. It's very ridden with guilt. It's very anxiety (laughs) driving, but um, I was really, this is such, I'm going to go off on a little tangent. This is I was really inspired by Jill Krause. She posted on Instagram recently how like her family moved to a new house, a smaller house. And at the same time, they also decided to rent a small apartment. And Jill's husband, he travels outside of the state. Like he leaves the whole state for three nights a week. And so she was sent like, she was very frank. She's like, I thought about like what I need to make this equitable for me because my career is also important to me. And we're like raising this family together. And she was like, I need a whole space where I can actually leave for three days also so that it's like balanced. Our family has this balance and I can recover mentally and I can get work done and be uninterrupted. And I just was like, that's so brilliant. This idea of like, okay, this is a wild year. Everything's different. But like, what do I need in order to like fully show up for my family when it's family time and also fully show up for my job when it's work time? And I really like I can't we we have a little 1600 square foot house. My brother is staying with us. We have a whole extra person with us. And 
My office is in our basement, so there's like absolutely no way to avoid any noise that's happening upstairs in our house. Like little people running through, little people chasing the dogs through, you know, screaming and fighting that happens sometimes, even when they're just like on their iPads for screen time and they're on the couch, I can hear every episode of Ethan Gamer TV that my five-year-old is trying to listen to. So... I need I needed space. The thing to ask for was like a, an office space where three days a week, four days a week, I can go for my eight hour work day and like actually focus on work. And that's also like a mental health ask too, because there's something about just constantly being around your kids. Like I feel super touched out and f- super overstimulated at the end of the day, even if I'm not like upstairs with my laptop next to them working, even being down in my office. Like I feel like it's a constant stimulation. So moving into an office that's happening this weekend. And I just keep thinking, okay, like that's a big ask. My, my husband's going to be home with the kids most of the time by himself. And that's a lot to, to put on him. And like, how can I support him and support them and also feed myself when I'm outside of the house again, which I haven't been work. I've been working remotely for four and a half years. So it's kind of like a new, it's kind of a new thing again. So I'm definitely going to be leaning into meal prepping breakfasts and lunches for everyone. And I have some meal ideas around that. I think I talked recently about how I've been loving smoothies. And so I've also been like making one big batch smoothie and freezing it so I can have smoothies throughout the week. And also big lunch like salads, like green and bean salads that I think, or, and even pasta salads. So like I can take some to work with me to my office with me and then also leave the kids with, and Brian with prepped lunch. The other thing I'm thinking about prepping is like grab and grill panini sandwiches or quesadillas. I think I'm going to pull our panini press out of the garage. And I, I think this is a really great time to talk about one of our favorite subjects and one of our favorite sponsors, Cabin Cheese. This fall, more than ever, we're looking to pack our fridge with ingredients that give us maximum flexibility when feeding our families. And the number one ingredient on our shopping list always? Cheese! Cabin Creamery has been a longtime favorite of ours for making award-winning cheeses available at conventional supermarkets and at regular supermarket prices. From shredded cheeses to make everything from homemade pizza to enchiladas to snack sticks and cracker cuts for packed lunches and grab-and-go snacking, Cabot always has a cheese that makes it easy. And the cherry on top, or should I say the melted cheese on top? Mm. <laughs> Cabot is a farm family-owned co-op that gives back 100% of their profits to the farmers that produce their fantastic cheeses and is a certified B Corporation dedicated to sustainability. Check out this week's show notes for our favorite Cabot cheeses and visit cabotcheese.coop. That's cabotcheese.coop to learn more about Cabot Creamery and find a retailer near you. All right, Billis, I just spent so much time talking about my mental health, about my office. This has turned into a weirdly serious and weirdly long episode. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts for your family about back-to-school lunches? First of all, the fact that you went from mental health to like all this serious stuff into cheese is so freaking perfect because so did you see that I recently posted an Instagram? <laughs> I'm at Stacey Billis on Instagram. 
I actually hesitated for a moment because so many people are hurting in so many ways right now that I hate to make light of anything frivolously. But it was a post that said, I have yet to find a problem that cannot be solved with cheese. And it's mostly just because like, literally, that is how I'm coping these days. Yeah. (laughs) Cheese is a great comfort food. I'm not kidding. So I love this idea of prepping sandwiches. And you're doing it, I think, primarily for Brian while you're out of the house. I think a lot of parents with smaller kids, it doesn't matter who is doing it. Like maybe it's the main cook and you're just trying to save yourself some time while you take a break from work or whatever it is you're doing so that you can make a quick lunch for your students who are home um, or for yourself because you need to feed yourself people. I have a 10 and 13 year old and they can make their own freaking lunch. So (laughs) I love this idea of just like stacking bread, cheese, bread, cheese, bread, cheese, or quesadilla, shredded cheese, quesadillas, I mean, tortilla, shredded cheese, et cetera. So that all they have to do is like heat a pan, throw in a pat of butter, melt it and be on their way. Wait a second. Hold on. You're lying to us because we already know that Oliver and Isaac love a microwaved quesadilla. Oh, well, that's true. (laughs) You're like, oh, they're going to, they're not, Phyllis. They they probably will microwave. They probably will microwave. I will say that they cook eggs and Oliver has recently been less inclined where, you know, we've spent a month in another house that didn't have a microwave. So they moved away from that. But you're absolutely right that also like as the as time goes by, like everything will be microwaved. Yes. (laughs) Like weird things. I don't want to think about it too much. But (laughs) they will probably microwave. My hope is that they'll throw a pat of butter into a pan. But also I've been thinking and I, I plan to talk to them about this too, that now that remote schooling isn't just like crisis mode and it's like what we're looking at for potentially a while ahead. Yeah. At least one school year. Yeah. I think that them like stopping, taking a break, taking a breather and having something meditative. You know what I mean? I think that like, even though a quesadilla is really easy to make without it being prepped, it just seems like it's too much. And honestly, Mm -hmm remote schooling is too much. Like it's easy to make fun of kids and be like, are you kidding? It is not too much. This cheese is pre-shredded, dude. But I'm really trying to see this from their point of view. And there has been so much loss, so much isolation, so much like time being away from their friends and the things that they love that like, I get it. I have now experienced major fatigue in all areas of my life. And I know the feeling of being like, I can't, I can't even put a quesadilla together. So having it prepped for them and then that being kind of the boost for them to take a moment, breathe, prep themselves a little something and eat, you know, so that they just don't gobble down something really quickly and helping them build that break into their day, I think is going to be really, really important. Yes. So I like these semi-prepped things where there's still something to do, but it's not something that takes too much time. Of course, I also love a good pasta salad, which is just already made for you. I'm very excited to introduce nuts again. So I don't have an allergy family. I'm so strict about being nut-free, allergy-friendly when we're in school, because that is, I believe, very deeply what's good for the whole community. But since we're at home, 
bringing nuts back, like trail mixes, peanut butter, almond butter. These are great, like very easy snacks, high protein hits. I want to talk about beverages. Can oh, that? let's talk about, we have an episode about coffee and kids. What kind of beverages are you talking okay. about? So at home, when my kids are at school, like we really just drink milk, water, and like I'll buy cider or orange juice or coconut water. Mostly the orange juice and coconut water are for smoothies. Right. Um, cider is just because we love apple cider. We also use it for smoothies, but they'll like have a glass a day at most. And it's not a super regular thing. Now, as Isaac got older and was able to go out with his friends after school, he would go and get God knows what, like at the pizzeria, <laughs> at the bodega, whatever. At whatever Starbucks, we learned from at the coffee Starbucks. episode. He loves a coffee right. drink from Starbucks. Super reliable. And at the cafeteria at school, they do have like infused flavored waters that are sweetened. There's lemonade. There's no soda, but there's like many more options. And yeah. now that we're home and they're older, there's a lot of talk about like, first of all, they haven't been drinking enough water and it's because they want something else. Like if I have... I don't know, like they love LaCroix or any of those flavored waters. They'll they'll stay hydrated so much more. So I'm really grappling with like figuring out how to affordably bring in other drinks that aren't too sugary. Because the other thing is when you're only going to the cafeteria once a day, like fine, I don't care. Like have a huge thing of lemonade. You only have access to the cafeteria that one part of the day. But our fridge is open all the time and like they'll go through a container of lemonade in like two days and 48 hours and that I'm less comfortable with that personally. So just trying to figure out what to do about beverages. I do like those flavored sparkling waters. I don't love the waste of the individual cans, although I do feel like it's a nice way for them to be mindful of how much of it they're drinking. I don't know. I'm just I'm just rambling here. I don't have an answer. Do you have ideas about like beverages? Okay. I did this funny thing while you're talking and looked on Thrive Market. Yes. Just <laughs> because we love them. So that might be an option for doing affordable drinks. Like they have matcha lemonade drink mix. That's their like house brand. Yeah, they have some chocolate I drinks. Love that. Some of those like coconut water things that you guys love. So that could be one idea. You know, I hadn't really considered drinks as part of like our back to like our new our new routine kind of thing. You know, we you know, we usually make a big batch of lemonade. Um, once a week or once every two weeks, but we use like fresh lemon and orange citrus juice and we sweeten it with either maple syrup or honey. And my kids are allowed to like add that to their water, which they really love too. So it's not really like a, they're having a full glass of lemonade, but they're kind of having like lemon sweetened water. And yeah. every once in a while. That like so does not fly with the 10 and the 13. I know. I know. My kids are still little. Oh, they're still like into I it. Wish. Every once in a while, because, you know, my husband is very Southern and he loves it, though he doesn't drink it regularly. We will make a big batch of like black sweet tea. Um, uh, and I love sweet tea. <laughs> I love also just any kind of iced tea, which that's a super affordable way to like do an alternative beverage 
that like they you don't have to worry as much about the sugar maybe you make like unsweetened tea and you make some simple syrups and let them kind of like sometimes they can have a sweetened tea i love that like sometimes they cannot a non-caffeinated rooibos tea or a non-caffeinated chai tea i've had i used to have a red rooibos chai that had no caffeine golden milk Yes. I know it's a little like woo woo, but it's actually super delicious and um, so good. Yeah. Like I used to make a masala milk too, like where you heat it up to get all the like spices and melt the honey and get everything blended and flavorful. But then it's all pretty delicious refrigerated the same way like hot chai tastes just as delicious cold. Yes. I also have been really into, and I can't believe we didn't talk about this in the Summer Eats episode, hibiscus flower, or I think it's called blue pea flower, which blue pea flower is like, it has a very floral flavor to it. You brew it like tea, but it also can be color changing. And that's really fun for kids. Like it's sort of naturally like a blue purple. And if you add any acid to it, whether it's like lemonade or a squeeze of lemon, it turns this like bright pink. Um, and that's been really fun for us as for kids. I mostly am going to be honest and say the hibiscus flower gets used a lot. Like I brew it as tea and then it gets turned into cocktails. <laughs> yes. But my kids would be into it if it was sweetened, I think. Yeah, so I love these drink ideas because I also think, at least for my kids, and maybe this is not the same if drinks are, if there's a huge variety of drinks already as a part of your repertoire, but they can almost be like partial snacks for my kids. Right. Like, have you ever had those Rebel high protein drinks? Yes. They're really delicious. They're very expensive. So we don't get them very often. They are filling. They are so filling because they have a ton of freaking protein but like that in a cheese stick will be a snack to my kids so i wonder if i can replicate something like that at home where i'm making something with like a plant-based milk a lot of flavor a little sweetness maybe even some protein powder blended in i don't know like maybe i'll work on developing a recipe and that plus like some nut thins or string cheese can actually like make a snack all in some trail mix so yeah, definitely thinking about like expanding our repertoire beyond allergy friendly and thinking about drinks. Smoothies fit the bill too. Like those are good filling drinks. And slushies we fell in love with this oh, summer. Yeah. Like just fruit <laughs> and juice or coconut water or whatever. Totally. I wonder if you can make those ahead in any way. I'm going to try it. We're going to find out. I love that. I think we should. I also am going to like ask my kids. Some days, maybe we'll add to our routine just like making their lunch ahead. Like whoever packs in your house, like pack in the morning as though you're sending them off to school and then just have it waiting in the fridge and they can go to it and get it. I think that this is a year (laughs) where there's been an emphasis on independence in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really where my mindset is for the kids in terms of lunch. And I think that if we return in October, if there's a hybrid model, continuing that into the school year, like make your own lunch or I can prep some aspects of your lunch, but then you make it, you put it together, you be responsible for yourself. A hybrid lunch packing scenario for your hybrid school scenario. I love that so much. I think we should do a whole episode about like 
how you can set your kids up for feeding themselves. Yes. Do you think we could do that? I want you to teach me everything. Totally. I don't, I don't know about that part, but yes, I think, that, I think we can come up with some good, helpful ideas. Phyllis, so that's all I have to say about back to school right now. I'm feeling feelings about it, and I bet our listeners are too. And we want to hear from you guys. Like, for real, we know we just kind of threw out a few ideas, but you know, you give us a challenge. We always have a thousand more ideas. <laughs> yes. So for sure, join us, find us on Instagram and on Facebook. We are at Didn't I Just Feed You on both of those. On Facebook, you can also join that private listeners group that we've mentioned. You'll be prompted to answer a question. The answer is whiskey, or you could just tell us your favorite cocktail. And then wherever you're finding us, tell us what is your school situation? What do you need help with? How can we help? Yes. And if you really, like, if you're in desperate need of help, one thing we would love is for you to leave us a voicemail. Um, we use this program called SpeakPipe. If you get it on didn'tijustfeedyou.com, or even if you're on Instagram, it's in our bio. Like, click through the link. You don't need anything special. You don't even need your phone. You can do it from a computer. You can do it from your phone. Leave us a voicemail so we can play your question on air and answer it for you. And if you're not already, subscribe to our newsletter because we send out a weekly bonus recipe along with the show notes from each episode on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on the week. Also, on Friday, we send out a Friday Faves email where we share one new thing that we're really loving each week. Um, And if you're not already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. And also, stay tuned after we say goodbye to hear from our sponsor, Thrive Market, who we love so much. You know that. I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Look for our listeners group on Facebook. The answer to the question is whiskey. Whiskey? You're not allowed to drink whiskey. It's alcohol. Hey, don't press stop yet. We want to remind you that if you haven't joined Thrive Market, our number one back-to-school grocery store, you can still get 20% off your first order by signing up at thrivemarket.com backslash didn't I just feed you. That's on top of the 25 to 50% off they already offer on traditional retail prices. Go now and save big. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.